Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. Hello Chiefs Kingdom, how's it going? You're listening to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast with myself, Tom Child, standing in for uh, Brad Simcox as host tonight. And joining me is Dave Barnett and Owen Wooderson. Owen returns to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. How's it going, Owen? Uh, good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Yeah, just good? good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, uh, confidently good. <laughs> confidently good. Well, this is your first show with Dave. Um, yes, don't worry, yeah. he doesn't bite. He's quite nice. <laughs> Um, I <laughs> oh, sorry. Was that serious? I don't, don't. Well, I suppose it could be seen as rookie Hayden if we let you unleash on him straight away. Nah, I can't be as mean as I am to Brad because that's a bit harsh. But yeah, well, Brad's not turning up quite often now. Um, maybe it's getting to him finally. I saw those rumours of Ryan coming in to replace him on it. That that's what's done him. He's, he can't yeah. handle the pressure. <laughs> You've cracked him. <laughs> uh, he got hounded out after last week's terrible uh, predictions as well. Yeah, there were some comments on social media about Brad's uh, predictions, unsurprisingly. Yeah, and, <laughs> Shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone agreed with his um, really bold predictions. <laughs> I wonder why that is. A <laughs> um, few comments regarding the Baker hater, as he will now be known. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, Feel free to go back and listen to that show, Chiefs Kingdom. Um, although it was recorded before the Steelers game, we didn't actually talk about the Steelers game at all. We uh, Brad, Because it's pre-season. Because it's pre-season. Brad, Dave and myself, we just uh, went through our bold predictions of the season. Um, some were more serious than others. Um, some were more stupid than others. And um, Brad just went on his own little planet and just decided to do what yeah. he wanted to do. <laughs> that is Brad down to a T, though, to be fair. Yeah, it is. Um, sorry he can't join us tonight. He's uh, got some things going going on that he needs to attend to so he deemed them more important than us yeah but basically turns... he's organizing a day out for us in manchester on wednesday that's it what is. he's doing i am a little bit jealous i'm not gonna lie that you two are meeting it meeting up on wednesday yeah well we're planning the future of our heads abroad now that you've you've buggered off to uh our head pride so <laughs> well no doubt you two will end up in canal street that's what, that's what i reckon will happen <laughs> Um, it's nothing uh, wrong with Canal Street. Some of the, the only places that are open late in the midweek. Yeah, it's places, fine. Yeah. yeah, I've actually been out there. It was actually pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, the word hypocrite is in order here. Mike, the re- reason we're here, we've got a podcast to record. Um, we did promise two shows a week, and we're going to stick to that. Um, even, though it's pre-season. Sunshine, <laughs> even though it's pre-season. Even though it's pre-season. Um, so yeah, the Chiefs played the Steelers on Saturday night. Um, they lost seventeen seven, and from what I gather from social media, that's all we need to talk about for this game. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, no, I, thanks for listening. I, yeah, I, I kid, I kid. Um, I didn't watch the game live myself. I've caught bits and bobs of the game since, but I was even reluctant to do that because judging by the reaction to the game from social media, from blogs and websites, it sounded like one of the worst games in NFL history. I know, Owen, you watched it. Is that correct? 
Um, oh, I didn't watch it live, um, mainly because it got to about midnight and I heard about the uh, weather warnings. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, I'm not going to stay up until half one in the morning to start the game. So I'm going to bed now. Uh, but I watched the um, 40 minute breakdown on the game pass the day before, uh, the day after. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't the greatest, um, must admit. Uh, it wasn't fun to watch. Uh, I got a couple of couple of good good points from it, but other than that, it wasn't really the most enticing game out there. Welcome to the NFL preseason, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and I'm not surprised, yeah, because of the preseason, yeah. Well, where do you two stand on the whole lightning delay thing? Because I heard about the lightning delay on Sunday morning, and I heard about that before I actually heard about the game. So when I heard about lightning delay I assumed storms I assumed wet so I assumed that Andy Reid was not going to put Patrick Mahomes out there um, especially against a team like the Steelers do you reckon that Andy Reid made the right decision by putting Pat Mahomes out in those conditions um I'd rather he hadn't mm-hmm. after seeing how although you know how quickly backtracked from the play the first half thing we all knew was going to happen mm-hmm. but it happened even quicker than I think some people expected. Just you saw, everyone saw how bad the field was cutting up. Um, it's just no point risking anyone at, at mm-hmm. that point, um, and, and that goes for not just your star players, but you know, you, you know, your second and third stringers. You don't want guys getting stupid injuries in preseason. It's just pointless. It's just a complete waste of time, especially because you know the offense and defense aren't running anything complicated they're just running pretty vanilla stuff mm-hmm. I, I say you're not really getting a ton out of a game like that so yeah I just don't see the point in risking anyone yeah I caught the first two drives and both teams failed miserably to put any drive together whatsoever obviously the the negative of that is the offense didn't do particularly well but we know what they can do we're not going to get worried about them only putting up seven points in total against the Steelers in a preseason game but I suppose you have to look at the other side okay it was against Mason Rudolph but the Chiefs defense stood up firm against um, a close to full strength Steelers offense and that has to be seen as a positive don't you say uh, Owen yeah um I mean, I just feel like with the with the whole uh, like Patrick Holmes thing, um, like just keeping him like as protected as possible, um, because I mean, you you really don't want him of all people to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially like because like you said, the conditions weren't great, so just wrap him in bubble wrap, really. Absolutely. Um, so who stood out in this game? Um, the, if you, for me, <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's uh, one name. There's one name that's been spouted more than most, and he comes hand in hand with another guy that some some people are looking at negatively. And you've obviously got Barry Allen, Darwin Thompson, who's been looked, yeah. looked at in a very positive light compared to Carlos Hyde, who fumbled the other night, and now all of a sudden everyone's saying, "Oh, Darwin Thompson needs to jump from RB four to RB two or RB one." And Carlos Hyde, people are saying he should be cut. Um, is that an overreaction? Surely it has to be. Classic preseason overreaction. Yeah. That never happens whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got a guy, who, you know, going against second and third stringers. It's mm-hmm. like just you can never read too much into preseason performances. Like, yeah, you can take the positives from it, but you can also not read too too much into you know the negatives. Um, like, I, I just think people love an overreaction. It's like a while back when people were going on about Chase Daniel as 
You stole my line. Yeah, stole my and line. it's just like it's just <laughs> little. 2015 preseason will live on forever because of Chase Daniels' performances, and so. it's just stupid. It's just such a stupid way to look at things. Yeah. And um, yeah, I say, I, I just, I just wish it was over already because I just I'm bored of it already. I'm so bored of it. What do you think it is? Is do you reckon it's because people are starved of football for so long that it comes around and then all of a sudden, oh, this, these emotions being triggered all of a sudden again because our team are playing, and then that causes the overreaction. No, I, I honestly think it's a case of everyone just wants to find that diamond in the rough. Okay, it, it, it's kind of I think stems from fantasy a little bit. Everyone's thinking they've made that like late round steal in fantasy. You know, a guy that nobody else is talking about, and you know, he suddenly performs in a couple of preseason games, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at this guy!" I'm telling you, I'm telling mm-hmm. you. And then come the regular season, they were, they'll barely play a snap. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say Thompson's not going to play a snap, but at the same time, people are expecting him to come in and taking the majority of snaps at running back. You know, earlier in this in the season, it's nuts at this point. Do you think it's partly ego then that people want to be right? Possibly. Um, I just Wait, think I, it, I think it is with Brad. I, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I, th- I think it's also just like people pick favourites. It happens yeah. regardless. Yeah, uh, in all walks of life, you know, not just sport. And you know, uh, people find their favourites to root for, and I think. You know that's the case in terms of Thompson, especially because he's a guy that we drafted, and yeah. you know people look at a guy like Hyde who's been around a couple of teams and not mm-hmm. really done a whole lot, and so everyone's just like, well, just pointing to past performance again. Well, you know he's not done a lot, but mm-hmm. you could have said exactly the same about Damian Williams coming into last year. Yeah. You know, sort of massively underperformed in Miami and then came in and performed better than anyone's wildest expectations I think towards the back end of the year I, I, and I say I just think I don't I think people underestimate the leap mm-hmm. from college to the pros it's not it's very rare to get guys that will come in and play straight away especially a guy that was drafted in the sixth round yeah so Owen right now the four running backs if we do in, in fact keep four on the roster what order are you taking them what for the for week one against the Jaguars? Yeah. Uh, okay, Damien uh, Damien Williams. I'm going straight away as running back number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Eric uh, Eric Biemi, the uh, offensive coordinator, said uh, before the preseason even started, he is our he is our number one running back. Yeah, uh, I think he said it in a press conference just after training. Um, yeah, he was like, we're confident this guy is our number one guy. Um, and rightly so. After looking at the couple of preseason games, I don't want to get ahead of myself with Darwin Thompson, but I do think he. He shows some potential. Um, I mean, there's there's always that argument where running back nowadays in the NFL is it's a lot down to scheme as much as it is the player. I mean, you saw with James Conner last season, as good as running back he is. I mean, Le'Veon Bell wasn't playing. James Conner stepped up and had a really good season. Yeah. And people could argue that it's down to the scheme over... Well, obviously, talent is important, but the scheme is very important nowadays yeah. for a running back success in the league. So yeah, I, I feel like as, as long as the running back's competent, as Darwin Thompson's proved to be so far I mean we'll have we still have time to see but uh, yeah I feel like he could do well in the scheme uh, even if he might not be a, an amazing running back straight away uh, so him as number two I think um, and then Darrell Williams as number three and then Carlos Hyde as number four which I hate to say because I do like Carlos Hyde as a running back uh, but I think this preseason he's had a bit of a slump 
Oh, wow. So if you're having Carlos Hyde at number four, uh, for me, if he's going to be your fourth guy with his cap hit, there's he's no point keeping the roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, for me, he has to be number two or bust, pretty much. Um, yeah, but no, I, I agree. I, I, I don't agree. think he's tradable, um, but I do think the Chiefs keep him. I do think the Chiefs like what he has to offer. Mm-hmm. He's he's the elder head in that running back room. We know Andy Reid likes to carry four, and I do think that Andy Reid's scheme is made to fit most running backs. You only have to look at since he's been in town. Um, the, he's had one true superstar or probably two if you include Kareem Hunt at running back but outside of that he's managed to make a running game work with regardless who he has in there yeah but I don't think it's necessary like it's not one you know one player fits all kind of thing in mm-hmm. Reed's scheme he'll find ways to get the guys involved in different situations he'll find ways to get darwin thompson involved kind of like how he found ways to get deanthony thomas involved even though you know he was an undersized guy and he wasn't you know really the the kind of guy that's going to play three downs it was just like i I say obviously thompson's a bigger back than you know deanthony thomas ever was but Mm -hmm. i say he'll still find ways to get him involved in the offense whether it is catching out the backfield um, you know, on passing downs, I don't see too much in the run game early on. I may be wrong, but I say I think you know Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, Darrell Williams will carry the load on the ground more so earlier on, and Darwin Thompson will get involved in the passing game. And come midpoint in the season, come you know the bye week maybe, and you've got guys that have potentially underperformed then. I say, and he's taking the most of his chances. Then certainly he will probably get more looks, but I don't see it in week one. Well, the good thing is Andy Reid gets to keep all of these guys fresh. Yeah, uh, sure. there's there's no there's no uh, fear of burnout with any of these running backs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Darwin Thompson was going to be your running back one, um, he's never taken the amount of touches that would be commanded of a of a true feature back. So we have no worries about burnout from them guys. Um, the guys in front of them have an addition uh, made today. Jeff Allen is coming back to the Chiefs. Um, Jeff Again. Allen, <laughs> also known as. Um, who was that running back that re-signed and re-signed and signed and re-signed? I can't, I can't remember now. What, C.J. Spiller? C.J. Spiller, yes. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Allen is the C.J. Spiller of the offensive line world. But difference is Jeff Allen will probably play some football um, this year. Um, yeah. How much do you reckon um, the performances or the lack of development of the likes of Khalil McKenzie or Cam Irving at tackle? Um, yeah, Irving's uh, the big one for me. I think his he's been disappointing, mm-hmm. I think. He's probably the one that's most at risk. Yeah, you know, guys like McKenzie, guys like Allegretti, they're gonna be given chances. You know, they they could they could both go on the practice squad if they wanted to have them both on the practice squad this year. I don't think they both will. I'm pretty sure Allegretti will be on the roster, um, just because he's a guy that can play center, can play mm-hmm. guard, and it's it crucial that you can have guys that can play multiple positions along the line when you're building your 53-man roster because you cannot carry 10 offensive mm-hmm. linemen going into a season. And that's similar to to Jeff Allen where you know he has played guard, he can play tackle, he can play a couple of different positions along that line and I think that's why they've sort of brought him back in potentially just because of Irving's um, underperformance. And, you know, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to stick but I think it might certainly light a fire under 
certain people's asses, shall we say? <laughs> Putting it in a polite way. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Shall we say? So, Owen, um, who's again? I'm coming to you for roster projections now. Um, you're going to be the roster projection guy of the Arrowheads of War podcast. That's you know, that's I your new role. That's your new role. So, um, a, how many offensive linemen are we going to go go with? And B. Who, who are they going to be? Obviously, we know the starting five. We know it's Wiley, LDT, uh, Austin Ryan, Mitchell Schwartz, and Eric Fisher. Um, who are going to be the other four? And, or did I just hear you typing to see yeah. the depth chart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not the uh, most attuned person with uh, offensive line. I think it's actually the position I know the least about. So, uh, <laughs> do, you sw- sure. do you want yeah, me to swing that question across the this one, I'll, I, I could take one of the other ones. Yeah, so... Yeah, obviously you've got your starting five there. I'm guessing, as it stands now, you're going to have um, Allegretti, probably Irving, the third ones, potentially up for grabs, maybe. Um, it's tough. Um, I think the Chiefs would like to see McKenzie stick, um, and they'll give him plenty of reps over the next couple of games to... Mm-hmm to get him to stick um but i'm guessing they've kind of that's why they've sort of backed themselves with alan a little bit in case mm-hmm. mckenzie isn't ready this year because i say you have to remember he was a defensive lineman yeah when they drafted him last year so you know that's it's not a, an easy transition to make especially going into the nfl so yeah he'll need time yeah so on the other side of the ball, we had some news today um, regarding Marcus Kemp. Uh, Marcus Kemp has impressed this offseason. He, um, he had a good camp. He's done okay in the preseason games. He made a tough catch on Saturday night against the Steelers, but whilst making a, stuff, a tough catch, he took a low hit from the Steelers defender. Not the fault of the Steelers defender. It must be had. they are told to go low now because they're so scared of hitting the helmet. That's what they're defaulting to. But unfortunately, Marcus Kemp has been confirmed today that he's got an ACL and an MCL um, injury, so that will rule him out for the rest of the year. Um, I think he was a lock to make the roster as the fifth wide receiver. Um, so now that opens up the the space for other guys to uh, to potentially sneak in. So we know the four are going to be D Rob. We know it's going to be uh, Miko Hartman, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. You're probably going to go for a guess now that Byron Pringle will be the fifth uh, be the fifth wide receiver. So who's going to be the sixth? Because Garrett Dieter still hasn't trained us. Um, this off season, and we've got a couple of other guys: Jamal Custis, Cody Thompson. Who's going to be that guy that sticks in at number six, purely because of their special teams play? Um, well, obviously, you hate to see anyone go down injured. It's a obviously a horrible thing for Marcus Kemp. Um, and the one thing I did really like about the Chiefs' uh, training camp and the preseason this year is that we had such a competitive room for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had so many people that could possibly make the roster and. People were jumping up and down the list constantly when I was looking through Twitter and seeing who was getting, who was impressing who. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really, really like Cody Thompson, and he's had a great preseason. Um, I mean, he le- he leads the uh, league in uh, reception. Uh, no, leads the Chiefs even in the preseason in receptions and yards with nine receptions and eighty-eight yards. Okay, uh, and he's had two touchdowns in both games as well, which is. Um, yeah, um, he's really impressed, I think. Um, so I think he definitely could land a roster spot at, in that sixth position, which does unfortunately mean putting Garrick Dieter onto the uh, practice squad. But from looking at the two games and t- and um, training camp, and I've read a couple of bits here and there on The Athletic as well, he just looks really good and everyone seems to be backing him at the moment. So, yeah, that's my pick. How high are you on 
the the depth at wide receiver. I know you, I you know that I'm not a massive fan of this type of chat. I know I brought up the conversation. Um, I think it means very little in terms of actual wide receiver play. But who who's your guy going forward, Dave? I'd still like Dieter, um, just because he has that rapport with Mahomes. Though mm. the, the the pair of them are close off the field and work out together regularly. You know, you have to remember with Thompson in the preseason games, he's repping with guys that are not going to be playing quarterback come week one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think you look at a guy like Dieter, he's got that familiar familiarity. Words are tough. And it's he been a long day. Best buddy. Yeah, um, he's got that um, yeah sort of rapport with Mahomes, and I say I, I, I take that into account a little bit and um, he's good on special teams as well now obviously it's going to depend on if he's healthy to go but if he is healthy i would be shocked if he's not on the roster especially now kemp has gone down Mahomes has a lot of pulling power doesn't he yeah oh, for sure for sure um you know if you just go and look back at peyton manning who always had some random receiver that no one had ever heard of but he liked and he liked throwing to and they always found a way to keep him on the roster because Manning wanted them on the roster. And I can see that sort of... You know, and the thing is, it's not like Deet is a bad player. And um, I say, when it comes to that sixth receiver spot, you're looking for a guy that's more than just a receiver as well. You're looking for a guy that will contribute on special teams. And I think that's where Deet sort of will have the edge over a guy like Thompson maybe also. Let's go to the questions because I'm all out of things to ask myself. I'm not going to lie. Um, and preseason's boring. <laughs> it, it is boring. Um, in fact, we have a question about preseason to kick us off. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Neil Swift and uh, Clive McFall both ask similar sort of questions. Um, mm-hmm. The first one from Clive um, Why do fans get so upset at the result of pointless games when we would be playing ultra conservatively and not give away any new tricks? and giving the B and C teams a run out. Why do people give a shit, Dave? I don't know. I genuinely <laughs> don't know. I say, I think it is partly because some people just love a reason to complain. or <laughs> But they do. Like It genuinely is the case. People did the same in the last preseason with Mahomes and you know, using it as a reason to be like, why did we get rid of Alex Smith? And then all of a sudden, come week one, everyone suddenly went mysteriously quiet again. Mm. It's just, I say, this just this is just no reason to take stock in preseason outside of the guys on the roster bubble. For the starters, and even for the majority of the second stringers who are, you know, locks to make the roster, it's just not really that important. Now, if someone's playing horribly, you may start to worry. But if someone's just having a bit of a meh, preseason mm-hmm. i'm not that fussed because as i say you're running vanilla offenses and defenses you're not trying to show too much you know especially when you take into our week one match account take into account our week one matchup is the jaguars who have a very good defense they're one are going to come out and surprise the jaguars come week one and show them things that they haven't that's, that's what the chiefs have done you know the last two years look at the stuff that they showed against the patriots that the pay you know two years ago um that the patriots hadn't seen and it, you know they 
that's kind of the college concepts the spread concepts that sort of got thrown in that people won't be expecting to see and you know reed's gonna have more stuff mm-hmm. to pull out of his bag of, bag of tricks come week one and yeah i say it's just look at the ever i think the the kind of the the key example of why the preseason means nothing is still the lions who went 4-0 and in preseason yeah. and then went 0-16 that just proves that the preseason means nothing. The self-proclaimed champions of preseason, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Um, you led us ni- nicely onto a, a, a follow-up question by Neil Swift. There, um, Owen, I'll send this one your way before offering my own opinion. But how pointless are preseason games? Should at least one be scrapped and the regular season expanded? I mean, it could definitely be shortened, and I don't think many people would miss it at all. Um, Correct. It- I mean, the games are largely pointless from a fan perspective. Um, I mean, other than the simple fact that people are so deprived of football and they really want to get back to it. I remember um, when the uh, Broncos were playing the Falcons in the uh, Hall of Fame game. I remember setting everything up, I had my TV on, I was ready to sit down and watch it and I watched about half a quarter and thought, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I thought, what am I watching? Um, But it's it's just that excitement for it. You just get so excited to finally watch some football again because it had been so long. Um, yeah, but it does never live up to expectations. For me, it's a funny one because they have a lot of time to look at all of these players. And what difference does running a vanilla offense and seeing them against another vanilla defense, what difference is it going to make to see another game like that? I think they can definitely get rid of one preseason game. Um, I like the idea of keeping preseason game four because that's the one where the guys need to show off their talents to the, the scouts from the rest of the league. So potentially if they stand out in that game, they stand a chance of making a roster elsewhere. I kind of get that game. But you don't need to see Mahomes coming in for free games in the preseason. Essentially, the preseason is the equivalent of a quarter of a season. You don't need a quarter of the season plus training camp, plus mini camp, plus voluntary OTAs to work out who's going to be the guys on the roster. Training camp in the preseason for me is important for about 10 guys that make it. It's not important for the starters. It's not necessarily important for the second string either. So I do think they need to shorten it. In regards to extending the regular season, you know the NFL are desperate to do it. You know they want to do it because it's a cash cow. They can make mm-hmm. money out of it. How they do it, I'm not too sure. Their idea they had a couple of months ago of going to 18 games where limiting players to 16 is shit. It's the worst terrible, idea they've terrible ever had. Idea. No one wants to pay money to go and see Chad Henney throw to Byron Pringle. Okay, those players are okay, but they're not Pat Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Okay. And then how do you and then how do you prioritize games? Do you have a deal, an unwritten like deal with the the, the Raiders that I tell we're both rest our starters in this game? And so I say, and it. I think the problem is it also throws in like the idea of another team could benefit from yeah. an, a, a different team playing their backups one week. Yeah. And therefore, you could have teams missing out on playoffs and such it's, because a team decided to play their second string quarterback that week. It's the it's, worst idea they've they've had. I think if they are going to go down the route of adding one game, um, which I think is where they start, I think they need to go I, on. The, it's not going to happen. You, what the league, what the problem is now is that the league has got the CBA negotiations coming up, and there is no way that they're going to get. I cannot see it that they're going to get an extra game out of these negotiations it's just not going to happen players want less games as it is not Mm -hmm. another regular season game they're trying to shorten the preseason so that they're playing less games not so that they can throw another full 
pedal to the metal regular season game in there what i think the players association is going to fight for is a second bye week you shorten the preseason, make it three weeks and you throw in an extra bye week and it also balances out the dis or advantage or disadvantage depending on which end of the stick you're on of it of that early or late bye week because obviously i think a lot of teams look at it as an advantage to have that late bye week mm. where if you give teams two bye weeks you give them an earlier bye week and you give them a later bye week and all teams have you know an early and a late bye week and no team gets any real advantage from that either um i i say i just i think the league's going to be under a lot of pressure when this cba comes to be renegotiated and that's something they're going to try and go with but i just don't see how it works because they're already going to be under a lot of pressure in terms of getting the money right that's, that's, because you know the salary cap's going to explode yeah. Yeah. absolutely explode so i just don't see now whether they try and use that as a bargaining chip to you know boost to, the salary cap the will be interesting yeah. um but i just say with player safety being such an issue at the minute and concussions and cte i just don't see how the league can justify adding another game at the minute a regular season game because at least in a pre-season game you can protect guys you know they don't you know you're stopping guys from playing more football whereas that's forcing guys into playing more football mm-hmm. by adding a regular season game well, and the, uh, the nfl uh, can throw an argument in if we give you more rest time in in the form of extra bye weeks then they they can potentially warrant the extra game the nfl will try and make it happen you know it's it's going to be a long old discussion i don't think we're going to go into the realms of a lockout i don't think we're going into i think that. we could i certainly th- could see it happening uh, and maybe not carrying on into the season but i could mm-hmm. certainly see the the off season being affected the off season programs being you know properly affected come this cba because as i say there is a lot of lot of unhappiness i think within the players association at the minute with certain certain things um that the nfl's trying to do um so it's certainly going to be very interesting to see how it goes i i think the league are on the back foot a little bit going into these negotiations because of stuff that has happened in recent years another thing on the cba which we won't go into now which i'm sure we will do um, when it, when it comes around is obviously the international series is something that we're going to keep mm-hmm. a close eye on over here because Which the players association is not particularly pleased yeah. about either so yeah we have to keep an eye on that one because obviously it affects us a lot over here and what football we get to see on, on a yearly basis um, what terrible games they decide to send over <laughs> year on year it is it's funny isn't it because what we've now what in our 12th year of um, games coming over to london and I'm not being ungrateful, but we've had some terrible, terrible football games. Like you could argue that 80% of the games that have been over have been god awful. There's been some good ones in there, but even the Chiefs game when they come over, the Chiefs won, which is brilliant for us. But as a neutral, uh, the Chiefs winning 45-10 exactly wasn't exactly the most um, entertaining game for everybody. Um, I've got a question here from John Stoner. Um, I'm going to direct this one at you, Dave. Um, sorry, Owen, to leave you out on this. All right. um, do the rule changes make cornerback less valuable? I'd say more valuable. Um, I just think that quarterback, uh, cornerback play is at an absolute premium right now. Um, and with 
it getting harder and harder to play defensive back. The good ones are so much more valuable. You know, look at a guy like Chris Harris in Denver. You know, he's just so, so good. And you, you can imagine the difference that he would make to a, a you know, a team like the Chiefs. Um, I say, I, I think it's going to become a little bit soon where, you know, kind of how tackles got that sort of, I guess, big jump mm-hmm. sort of 10, 15 years ago, probably, probably closer to about 15 years ago, where tackles became the, the big thing and they started getting drafted very high in the first round. And I think you're starting to see it with cornerbacks a little bit more now where, you know, you obviously had, um, oh God, Denzel Ward last year being picked at four. Yeah. Um, it's, I say, becoming a much more premium position. I think, like, you can get depth, but frontline starters are going to become extremely crucial, I think, in the years to come. Crucial to everyone except Brett Veach, it must be said. Um, I don't think you can say that he hasn't tried to improve there, though. It's just easier said than done because who like there's not many teams that are willing to trade guys, and it's a tough position to draft. Um, you know, guys don't. It's kind of a you know hit or miss. It, just go and look at guys that have been drafted in the first round in the last five years, and and it's very hit or miss. Um, some guys really struggle to adjust to the NFL, and I say it's not an easy position to draft. I get that, but. We've now had two off seasons since, essentially, since we got rid of Marcus Peters, we've completely ignored the position um, or added any real, real talent to it. Okay, we got Kendall Fuller before the Marcus Peters trade, but really, we're 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 not spending big bucks on one of the NFL's most premier positions and the most important position. And I've got a feeling that if we aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year or reach the Super Bowl, even um, the the cornerback play could be could be the reason um i'm hoping reach proves me wrong and maybe makes a move if it is going bad in the first few weeks of the season but right now i am not confident about the cornerbacks at all i know some people are but i i'm just i just don't see it myself um owen i've got a question for here for you which i've currently lost oh my (laughs) god how bad is that um Corey Jones asked, where's Owen? Well, Owen's here. (laughs) Is that literally it? No, no, no. no, There was was a question. Um, Have you forgotten it? No, here he goes. I've got it. I've got it here. Um, Sam Matthews asked, um, Sirius, can you see the Chiefs adding any more players to compete for our starting jobs? Or is this roster pretty much set for the season? Um, uh, I mean... Like you said, the uh, cornerback position could certainly do some with some work. Um, I mean, I'm not like you. I'm not the most confident person with it. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I, I feel like our, our roster might be f- at least, for, at least, definitely for the offensive side. Um, I feel like we've 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 sorted that now. Although it was the best in the league last season, I feel like it's it's solid for this season going forward. Um, and I think it's even might have even improved, uh, dare I say, um, from last season. Um, but yeah, the defense. I mean, I like our defensive line. We've got some strong talent there. I mean, uh, like you said, preaching is not the best thing to go off. But Alex Okafor has been uh, performing well. We got a sack against the Steelers um, on Saturday night, um, or 
when he comes in from the yeah from yeah um, and then Chris Jones obviously he's still there um, the safeties have gotten better Terry Matthew I couldn't see improvement there before going into week one I mean Terry Matthew and Juan Thornhill's playing really well as well in training camp and in preseason um, the linebackers are, are, are good I mean I could see improvement but I think at the same time we do have quite a solid group there I, I, I wouldn't want I, I wouldn't mind if we did sign someone else but uh, I'm not don't think it'll be the biggest thing if we don't uh, but yeah I think just cornerbacks really Sorry, were you looking for me then? Or? Yeah, just like a big sigh. <laughs> that was a lot all at once. Yeah, that was. There's a big I, sigh from you. Um, I, I just knowing Brett Veach, he loves a trade. Yeah. There's definitely gonna be guys on his radar for mm. sure, and it might not necessarily be a front line starter. It might be someone like Ward that you know yeah. he, he made a trade for last year. What was it? Seventh rounder. Yeah. Was um, it Parker Einger, wasn't it? Uh, oh well oh yeah, yeah sorry yeah yeah um so yeah i think all every gm in the nfl is always looking to churn over the bottom of the roster mm-hmm. um frontline starters is difficult especially now usually those moves get made in the off season it's rare that you see big trades happening yeah. in season unless you know guys are coming towards their end of the contract you know the the team that currently has them knows they're not going to re-sign and you know they they're looking to get something for them but the with the way you know compensatory picks are structured in the nfl even that is favorable towards the teams that are losing players because you know if it's a top of the line starter you're guaranteed to get a third one you know third round compensatory pick um so you're asking a lot, even in season, for teams to give up that. Um, you know, I certainly think he's going to look to improve the cornerback position still. Um, I've still not sold on Reggie Ragland um, at that middle linebacker spot. I certainly would like to see an upgrade there. I do like Darren Lee. Uh, I do think he's a nice addition, sort of in on passing downs and being that quicker linebacker that will be able to cover running backs out of the backfield. Um I've I feel more confident with Hitchens and uh, going forward this year in Spagnola's scheme. The D line I think is probably the strongest group on the defense at the minute, just with the depth and the rotation that they can have there. Um, and obviously, yeah, with the the investment that they've made at safety, I don't think they'll be looking for much there. Um, again, offensive line we sort of touched on it earlier. I I'm not sold on you know everything that's there currently and i'm not saying it's going to be a frontline starter because i think the starting five are solid um but i certainly think we could potentially look to to maybe again get a sort of take a, a flyer on it and on a guy with a late round pick like we have done previously um just to provide a bit more depth um and i say running back receiver a ton of depth there so yeah I don't see much happening and obviously the quarterback spot we got Patty Mahomes so we're fine so I do wish they'd go back to doing the old um, cut downs throughout the uh, preseason as opposed to doing one massive cut down um, A yeah. it makes hard knocks slightly more interesting and um, B it gives 
Brett Veach and these guys to have a look at other guys and pull guys in that they might have seen something on tape and bring them in and have a look at them, get them involved in a preseason game for us as opposed to in someone else's system. Um, I think it was only a couple of years ago that they went from the 90 to 53 cut down and I do wish they'd go back to the 90, 75, 53 system just so we get more of a chance to look at other guys because they're well, as soon as those final cut downs are made, it is a free for all for guys um, in the NFL. So I'm sure there will be a couple of guys that the Chiefs will bring in to have a look at um, come the end of week preseason week four. Um, that's it. We've, that's all we've got time for tonight. Um, I've got things to do. I've got I've got an article to put together for Arrowhead Pride. <laughs> Wait, you work for Arrowhead Pride now, Tom? Yeah, You've know. never mentioned it. <laughs> Just you know, like the the bi-weekly. Um, drop in that i have to put yeah in. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah but just in case yeah you didn't know yeah <laughs> do you know that dave used to play american football yeah. uh, um, so i'm gonna leave you two to it to continue your argument over var being the city and spurs fans amongst us um <laughs> we'll be here for hours <laughs> yeah thank you for why do you think i'll bring this up now tom <laughs> why <laughs> I'm like, i haven't thought about it for ages i was I'm doing like, fine I can press stop recording and turn turn off my uh, computer so I can just walk away yeah. from it and leave it to it. <laughs> you just drop the bomb and leave. <laughs> yeah. Shit stirrer is the term. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to leave that as it is. Thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back on Thursday when we're going to kind of preview the 49ers game but I think we're going to have a fantasy podcast because those fantasy drafts are coming next week so we're going to start talking about who we fancy going forward and who we might potentially draft. Um, so from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon. <laughs>